morning and happy new year. I, I, I feel like having a happier new year than that, all right? Happy new year. Excellent. <laughs> okay, well, we're carrying on in our series on being the people of God in a post-Christian society by looking at the letter of 1 Peter. And uh, before Christmas, we looked at 1 Peter chapter 1. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 2 and the first 10 verses. So I'm going to read them to you. The words will come up on the screen. If I'm really lucky. We'll, we'll just let Andy unwrap his sweet because he hasn't had a chance yet. <laughs> it's done. We are off. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for your presence with us as we've worshipped you and been reminded of your power and your imminence to us, no matter where we are. We ask now, Lord, that as we look at your word, it will feed us and help us to grow in our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a letter written by the Apostle Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, to a group of churches in what is now Turkey. So it's written to Christians. They had been suffering some opposition from friends and family and authorities as, the, as their new faith and way of living held views and practices that the world at large very strongly disagreed with. And that sounds remarkably familiar. So it was written in the early 60s AD. And we're carrying on in this letter, and today we're going to look at chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So it starts off with a therefore, and the uh, common phrase is, if you see a therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. Most of you should know that one. <coughs> so just very, very quickly, I'm going to go through a list of what that therefore is. 
And as I go through this list, I want you to do one of two, one of two things. He's, he's ahead of me. If you're a Christian, if you know God, I want you to go through this list saying this. This is mine. These promises belong to me. This is what I am. And take hold of it by faith and say, this is mine. So don't just passively listen. Say, this is true of me. These promises, these sayings, they're true of me. And if you're visiting today, if you don't know what a Christian is even, if you're looking in and wondering what's this all about, as I go through this list, ask a couple of questions. One, what is he talking about? And who can I ask to find out? And then just after the service, ask someone, what was that list all about? Secondly, ask yourself this question. And I checked this statistic because I was a bit surprised by it. Why do just over 1.3 million people in London, this city, go to church regularly every month? 1.3 million different people are in church in our city because they believe this list. Why? And why can't I be one of them? So what does Peter say in the previous chapter, in the opening part of his letter? So, firstly, we're moving on, Andy. <coughs> firstly, they had received mercy from God. We had disrespected God, we disobeyed him, we brought dishonour on his name. But instead of punishing us as humanity, he showed mercy. He showed mercy to us. He treated us as we did not deserve. He got called, brought about a new birth within us. He gave us a new identity. We are no longer what we were. Our, we are not defined by our past. We're not uh, defined by our addictions. We're not defined by our lives. We're not defined by our human history. We have a new identity as sons and daughters of the living God because we've been born into his family. That's who we are. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is alive, seated in heaven forevermore. And he is the one that holds out our hope that when we die, he will come to us and take us to his home. It's not a vague hope. It is a living hope. It's an inheritance that can never fade, fail. <coughs> it's secured in and through God. When we die, life gets so much better. And it's secured by God. Yes, there is suffering, but it's suffering that is refining and not destroying. He talked about silver, and you, in silver you melt it and you melt it, and all the rubbish comes to the top and you scrape it off and you keep doing it to get purer and purer silver. And that's what our suffering is. It refines us. It makes us better people. It brings great glory to God in eternity. <coughs> And we're born again. I was conceived by my mum and dad. 
My mum died when I was 14. My dad is 95, 94, 95. He's still going. But they, my father will die and I will die. But I've been born again by God with an imperishable seed. So I will not die because I will live forever with God. And Peter says, because of all of that, now do something. Rid yourself of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. <coughs> Pardon me. Now, sitting here, of course, none of those things are really relevant to us. Because you know, you're not sitting there maliciously, deceitfully, hypocrisically, <laughs> envying, or because you're listening to me, you're not actually slandering anyone at the moment. But it's amazing how quickly these little things come up. Just before Christmas, I had to go out to the local ATM, and it was about half past nine, ten o'clock at night. And uh, I walked down the road, and a couple of the streetlights were out, so it was quite dark. So I got to the zebra crossing, and I was just about to cross, and I remembered I must look, despite the fact the road was empty, so I looked, went to step out, and I thought, no, there was a shadow. I just, in the corner of my eye, I saw a shadow. So I stopped, and I looked again. And there was this guy, he had a, a black bobble hat on, a black jacket, black trousers and shoes, and zooming along on a black bike. So I stopped, because if I step out now, he's going to hit, we're going to crash. So as he goes past, I shout in his ear, lights! Now at the time, partly because actually if he had have hit me, it would have done me a lot of harm, but actually he would have come off worse because he would have gone flying because he's driving quite quickly. So I shout, lights! Walk across the road. Get to the other side. He's slowed up and now there is a torrent, torrent of abuse coming my way. Absolute torrent. So I stand and it ends up with, <coughs> I mean, ends up with sort of what in old English amounted to if you're not careful, I will challenge thee to a duel and take your head off your shoulders. <coughs> no. <laughs> he did. But in slightly more Millwall-esque language. <laughs> but I, I turned, and when he said this phrase, I did something really stupid. Because at which point, I just, I just instantly, I went, come on then. Yeah. <laughs> Fortun fortunately without the actual come on just I just and then fractions later my brain took over and said Dave you're not a teenager anymore you haven't had a fight for a long time perhaps running is best <coughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. It's a long time since I've done any running too. So anyway, fortunately, because the streetlights were out, all he must have seen was this sort of fairly big bloke standing there. So he, got, he kept going, which I was very grateful for. <coughs> but malice is the desire to cause injury or hurt with intent. And for the next couple of minutes... I was like, how would I have taken him if he had come? <laughs> and I was just working out my moves. Now, 
<laughs> We've seen too much Sherlock, <coughs> for those who've seen the films. But there was a desire to cause injury and hurt with intent. Just that sudden one incident. And then, slowly, the better bit of me came up. And I thought, what makes someone so angry that such a torrent of abuse can be brought out so quickly? And then later on, when I was preparing, I was thinking, what makes someone respond so quickly with, come on? Sis, they're down there. Deceit, the desire to trick, the desire to deceive, Hypocrisy, the desire to, to be seen as you're not really. Envy, I love this one. Partly made up and partly a quote. Envy, the painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by someone joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Isn't that great? Painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by someone joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Envy. Someone's marriage, someone's home, someone's car, someone's watch, someone's children. They just fly up so quickly and unexpectedly. And slander of every kind to slur, to insult, to smear, to bring down. And Peter says, rid yourself, throw these away. Because of all that God has done for you, rid yourself of them. Get rid of them. Work hard to make sure they're not in you. Why? Because you're now a new person and your life should reflect God. And so Peter begins this part of the letter by saying God has done so much for you now get rid of everything that doesn't reflect his character and he could have gone on and on and on but you know what not doing is not enough I mean I've talked to loads of blokes over the years you know struggling with things like pornography and the first thing is I'm going to stop well that's great stop but what are you going to do with the hour that you used to spend in front of a computer with those books how are you going to fill that time? Because if you don't fill the time, you'll just go back. If your conversation is full of malice and envy and jealousy and complaining, and you're stopping, what are you going to talk about if that's been your whole life? So Peter says, rid yourself of all this stuff. And he goes on. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now what's important about this verse is it is not about the milk. It is about the desire, it's about the baby. Okay? The milk is actually incidental here. Now I say that <coughs> for those of you who know your Bibles very well, because you will know somewhere, and it's actually in Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, that the Bible encourages us to not drink milk, but solid food, meat. So don't drink milk, but solid meat. And this verse is saying, desire pure spiritual milk. Now they're not contradictory, 
they're dealing with completely super different issues. The first one is dealing with those who were just having a superficial faith. They were just saying, Jesus loves me, life's okay, I don't need to do anything about it. I'm a Christian, home in heaven, tickets in hand, I'm all right. I'm not finding out what God's promises are for me. I'm not digging into his word. I'm not seeking his face. I'm not, <coughs> I'm not pursuing him. And it was about the superficiality of their faith. So the writer says to them, look, stop drinking the milky stuff. Get on to good food so that you can grow. Whereas Peter is here saying, crave, desire, pure spiritual milk like a newborn baby. Now, if Peter had been writing just to City Hope, he could have used a different illustration. Oh, I sound different here. I'm going to mess this up, aren't I, Andy? Anyway, if he had just been writing to City Hope, he could have used a different illustration. He could have just said, look, guys, just be like Pete King when he's hungry. <laughs> be like Pete King, which roughly, with a slight exaggeration and slight dramatic, Dramatisation goes something like this. Food! Cupboard! Fridge! Cooker! Food! Where's food? Food, 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 food. I must find food. Where's the burger? Food! That's, that's what he could have done. <laughs> but, because Peter was writing to a group of churches in Turkey, and because God knew that billions of people over 2,000 years at least were going to use this. He wanted an illustration of passionate desire that would speak down the ages and to everyone. Now fortunately here at City Hope <coughs> we have a fair amount of experience of babies. <coughs> and babies have four modes of life. Newborn babies. So we're talking about newborn babies here. The first mode is this. Second mode is... <laughs> Third mode is nothing's coming. <laughs> then food arrives. Fourth mode involves changing nappies. <coughs> Peter is saying, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. And a baby, when it wakes up hungry, that's it. Everything is about where do I get my milk? And it's just, you know, I'll pick up a baby, not interested. But they just want food. And they make it known they can't speak. They've got no words. But they make it known. And they do everything to find that food. And Peter's point here is, be like that baby. One thing, and one thing only. I want the food. Now it does say pure spiritual milk. <coughs> One of the interesting things about a, a newborn baby, which we're talking about here, is you put a decent roast beef dinner in front of it, and without any words, any communication, it will just look at you, and thinking, 
I thought you was the adult. What good is that to me? Nothing. I just want one type of food. Put a vegetable curry in front of it. What's that? In fact, put it in front of Paul Brown and go, what's that? But <laughs> Put a plate of fish and chips. No, he wants one thing. She wants one thing. She wants mother's milk. And there are loads of stuff competing for our attention. And Peter says this, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation. Where are you feeding yourself from? How much is pure spiritual milk important to you? See, <coughs> I don't know what you're like after Christmas, but after Christmas in our house, generally, there is just food lying around. And some people are incredibly self-disciplined and are aware of the consequences <coughs> of the following set of actions. But for me, it's much more a case of, oh, there's some crisps here. Uh, some turkey here, some biscuit here, bit there, bit there, bit there, bit there. Get to dinner. Gosh, I feel full up, but I haven't eaten anything. I just pick this, pick this, pick this. Don't know what this is, but it looks edible. Okay. You just pick, 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 pick. Baby doesn't do that. Baby wants one thing, pure spiritual food, and is passionately desirous of only that. <coughs> what is good food? Well, Acts 2.42 probably gives the answer. It's the early church, how it started. Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, communion, and prayer. The Bible is vital to us to gain understanding of the truth of who we are, to gain understanding of how great, powerful and glorious our God is, to help us understand how we interrelate with the, with the society that we're in, what, our, what the differences are between our society and God's kingdom. We need to be passionately desirous of God's word, of fellowship, not just meeting with Christians, not just bumping into one another, but fellowship, sharing the stories like Pete did today. Didn't that just do you good? <coughs> Think, if it can happen to Pete, it can happen to me. Pete wasn't even praying, you know, Pete wasn't even expecting. The woman wasn't expecting, but God broke in. And you think, hey, we can see more of this. Sharing our stories sharing our struggles, the things that you're battling with, how you've overcome in the past, hearing stories of people's victories, communion, breaking bread, sharing bread and wine together, just being reminded of what Jesus has done for us again. And then prayer. <coughs> That sitting and talking with God, sharing your hurts, sharing your dreams, listening to him and letting him speak into your life. Pure 
spiritual milk. Paul says, Peter says, rid yourself of this rubbish and like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. I don't know about you, but fireworks are great, aren't they? But I like the big ones. You know, when we were kids, we used to, <coughs> yeah, you used to be able to buy little bangers like this. And you'd light them and they'd go bang. Um, we used to light them and throw them at one another, but that's another story. <coughs> and they're great. But realistically, it's the big ones that impress. We have the opportunity to be big fireworks for God. But we ain't going to become big fireworks by feeding ourselves a bit of crisp here, a bit of turkey here, a bit of not quite sure, but it looks okay here, a few sweets here. It's craving, earnestly desiring pure spiritual milk. <coughs> and that does take some discipline. I decided back in, uh, I normally quite often read the Bible all the way through each year. Well, I decided in December that I would use a particular Bible plan and that I would start on January the 1st. By January the 5th, I was only four days behind. <laughs> only four days behind. I thought that's pretty impressive. I'm up to date now. <laughs> Why? Well, it's partly because I'd left the plan in the office. <laughs> And I didn't want to go in on the 1st of January to pick up the piece of paper which I'd left in the office. And then the 2nd of January came, and well, they're busy, really. And then the 3rd of January came and finally got into the office, so I picked up the piece of paper. So by the 4th, I actually did the first day's reading, and on the 5th, I looked to see where I was. <laughs> you thought I'd remember, wouldn't you? If you've only done one, Dave, you're going to be at number one. <coughs> but it needs a certain amount of discipline needs a certain amount of determination. It needs a certain amount of work to fulfill those cravings. A baby does it naturally. <laughs> we have to stir up our hunger. Stir it up so that we are craving the pure spiritual milk of the Apostles' Doctrine, Fellowship, Communion and Prayer. But there is one verse... <coughs> that probably sums up everything. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you want to rid yourself, then fill yourself. Whatever is true, Do you know, there's an awful lot that isn't true today. In fact, <coughs> over Christmas, there was a whole, I think it must have been on Facebook, a whole thing, it was certainly on the news, a whole thing about the amount of wrong news that was picked up by social media as if it was ha had actually happened. We just need to be careful. We need to be discerning. <coughs> we need to be aware that not everything we read is true. Check it out. Let's read the things that are true. 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy. And I'd like you to think broadly about that. Whatever is noble, when you see someone give up their seat on the tube for an older person or a pregnant woman, it's a noble act. Think of that. When someone lets someone else on the bus before, it's a noble act. Whatever is right, the things that God sees as being right, whatever is pure. I mean, we're fortunate at the moment. We are having some magnificent sunsets in London. <coughs> I don't know whether it's global warming or just the toxins in the air, but um, I've not seen so many beautiful sunsets in the last, as a, in, that's happened in the last nine months as I've seen in the rest of my time here in London. They're just beautiful to look at. Let them sink in. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, <coughs> let's fill our minds with these things so that we can rid ourselves of these. Malice, envy, deceit, hypocrisy, slander. We can fill ourselves with that which is good. And to help you do this, stewards, if you're ready, now. Click on my fingers. I've printed out some little credit card size portions of this verse, which the stewards are now going to pass out. Please take one and take it home with you. It's not quite enough for one each, so um, there's more of you here than I anticipated. <coughs> and I only had the bright idea at half past seven this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but just this verse, you can, put it in your, you can put it on your fridge, you can put it in your wallet. But you can just take it with you till you know it and learn it and in inwardly digest in the hope that this will help us put off the rubbish and put on, like newborn babies, a craving for pure spiritual milk. So we start this new year. Let us stir up our hunger. Stir up our hunger for the pure spiritual milk the wonders of God. It's